this is Hotshot Danny Duggan, leader of Team Jacked and Fanny Packed, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. This is Hotshot Danny Duggan. Join us as CWE celebrates nine damn years. The ninth anniversary tour, May 10th through June 3rd, across five Canadian provinces. Check out cwecanada.ca for more information. This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast. The J&K Podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use our offer code JKPODCAST and get yourself 10% off any purchase you make at CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Hi right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel here on the J&K Podcast. What is going on, everybody? What's up, guys? All right, so now that our week has come and gone here, Carl, we're going to do some more Turnbuckle Talk uh, discussion. But sure. before we get into all that, we'll do our, our usual fun little sound clip here. This again comes from our friends at The Simpsons, uh, but no Troy McClure or, uh, or Lionel Hutz or anything this time. This is, I thought this was kind of going along with uh, things that have been happening, you know, a lot of... Uh, you know, predictions about the uh, end of the world and some of these cults and stuff like that like going on. And uh, The Simpsons uh, did their own kind of version of this with the uh, the Movementarians. And uh, let's uh, take a little listen to this. Fishing. It certainly is a beautiful day. We should thank the leader. Who the hell is that? Some kind of leader? Yes. He's the head of our perfect family. And when our galactic vehicle is complete, he will take us to our new home, Blistonia. Why don't you come chat with us about the leader at the Welcome Center? Will there be beer? Beer is not allowed. Oh, may no function beer well without. Would you rather have beer or complete and utter contentment? What kind of beer? The leader knows how miserable you, Marge, Lisa, Bard, and Maggie are. Really? I'm surprised about Maggie. Just come up and watch our orientation film. You're free to leave at any time. Whoa, a free movie! Thanks! Out of my way, jerkass! Once we collect enough money for fuel... Our leader will throw open the doors of the Forbidden Barn, where we will all board our intergalactic vehicle, rows 1 through 31st. Upon our arrival, we will begin our new perfect lives on Blistonia, well known for its high levels of bliss. Hey, I don't know about you, but uh, they're not exactly winning me over with these lousy production values here. I'm going to slip out. Uh, you're free to leave whenever you want, but uh, would you mind telling us why? Oh, I just didn't, uh, I didn't think, um... Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Man, this whole place puffs into wacky tobacco. I'm out of here. So there you go, uh, kind of a, a take on uh, some of these uh, cults that, you know, and, you know, looking at this and, and things that have happened kind of in the past, you know, as rid- ridiculous and as kind of funny and weird as it seems, 
some of that they're been, you know, not that far from the truth. Yeah, it's very true. It's <laughs> you know, there's very been true. some pretty wacky cults out there, you know, even recently, uh, actually, uh, um, April 23rd, according to, I think there's some religions, uh, claiming that was going to be the day for the rapture. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> this kind of stuff comes up all the time. And of course the Simpsons are always there to kind of capitalize and kind of poke fun at, uh, popular culture. So for many, many years now, and it's, it's awesome that they're still going. I know. Right. Yeah. So it's good to, uh, that would be an appropriate clip to play here. Definitely. So, uh, over this, um, past little while, you know, there's quite a bit going on in the, in the wrestling, um, business, but, uh, on a kind of a sadder note, um, I think in most people's opinion, uh, this person, uh, this, this man was probably one of the first true superstars of the professional wrestling business. Yes. And, uh, of course we're talking about Mr. Bruno Sammartino, who just recently passed away and uh, I figured um, we would, um, WWE did a nice tribute to, to him on, uh, on Monday Night Raw, so I figured uh, we'll go through that, and uh, there's a little uh, tribute at the end, and uh, then we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, our feelings on Bruno and what he's accomplished in this uh, business. Coming down the aisle from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was completely uh, dedicated to wrestling. He wanted to be the best. Bruno San Martino was my father's favorite performer, was his father's favorite performer. Just a hero to so many people. He, he was a god. People loved him. Oh, He was the godfather of WWE. Because of who you are, I know who I am. In order to be on top, you have to be a winner. You have to be a top man. The theme music for Bruno San Martino was 21,000 people all chanting, Bruno, Bruno. Bruno San Martino sold out Madison Square Garden 187 times. Based in the house that Bruno built, Madison Square Garden. He held the championship for over seven years. Bruno's a legend. No hide, no doubt, no fear can shake me. The most popular champion in wrestling history. Greatest champion we've ever seen. You'll be my light through the darkest night. I can remember going to the magazine rack and Bruno San Martino was all over. back at old photos with every celebrity, every sports star. He's standing there with his family having a private audience with the Pope. Because of who you are, I know who I am. Everybody in the world knew who Bruno San Martino was. Greatest champion and box office attraction in the history of sports entertainment. I 
lived an extraordinary life from war-torn Italy hiding from Nazis to make it into the U.S. and turn himself into this larger-than-life superhero. I think Rudolph epitomized the American dream. Rudolph, welcome home. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the great Bruno Sabatino. Seventy-seven years old. All these people are changing my dad's name. That's pretty cool. I want all the fans, whether in this country or around the world, that whatever success I've had, I owe it all to you. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you and God bless all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, to honor the life of WWE Hall of Famer Bruno Sammartino, would you please rise as we toll the bell 10 times. So there you have it, um, along with uh, the Ten Bell uh, tribute there on uh, Monday Night Raw. And, uh, you know, like you heard in that uh, video package, I mean, just one of the first, uh, like I said before we played it, uh, one of the first real superstars of the business, you know, definitely guys like John Cena and whatnot, uh, definitely, you know, follow that mold. And, I mean, the guy sold out Madison Square Garden like over a hundred plus times. Yeah. I mean, and just somebody who was just synonymous with popular culture, you know, with, uh, you know, even going as far as meeting with the Pope. I mean, just somebody that, uh, I mean, every wrestler should strive to be, you know, even to just be a, a minuscule amount of what that man was, you know, I mean, wow. What a, what a career. It definitely had an amazing career throughout several decades mm -hmm. and i mean the the man held championship title belts forever I, um i i think he holds the record for the longest reigns uh, or reign with with a title belt and i mean it's yeah. just just amazing like he was unstoppable and, and you know you, you kind of heard a little bit there you know the backstory of him he came over from overseas and mm -hmm. you know with 
young and with nothing and, you know, just made a name for himself and got into the professional wrestling business and took it by storm. I mean, you couldn't see the video, but Mm -hmm. I mean, when you were in an arena and I personally, I've never been, but I wish I was, but just seeing videos of Bruno San Martino coming to the ring in an arena, the arena erupted and people would cheer Bruno Bruno and for the longest time they had they made signs that said Bruno Uno <laughs> meaning Bruno number 1 yeah. right like and and definitely he was so a sad day when it, it you know yeah. comes to that in the professional wrestling business and, and and for history but he wrote a lot of history and he was able to share a lot of that yeah. with everybody and not a plug, but thanks to the network, yeah. we can actually go back and take a look and see what Bruno San Martino has done for the professional wrestling business. So God bless you, Bruno San Martino, and Godspeed. I know, right? And you know, we, we poke fun at Brock Lesnar and some of these people who hold the title for what we feel is maybe too long. I mean, at one point you're in there seven years as the world heavyweight champion. I mean, yep. that is got to be some kind of unprecedented number there. Definitely. The difference, though, is that he was a fighting champion. Exactly. That, that does make a huge difference, you know. And, and when you look at that back in the two, you know, we mentioned it briefly, you know, with Madison Square Garden being such a, you know, premier venue, you know, WWE, you know, you know, at least over the last few years, choosing mainly to only use it for house shows and, mm-hmm. you know, and these kind of things. I really think, you know, they need to go back to maybe having some of their bigger events there. Because, I mean, that place is just dripping with history right? yeah i really think that they should too just uh you know the history that's there and the ruin is big enough that they can be able to hold oh, yeah. large events uh Absolutely. not that the city really needs it but like just historically they need to to hopefully do another big event there now speaking of uh, big events a uh, good way to transition uh, to the upcoming greatest royal rumble happening over in Jeddah in uh, saudi arabia yes now, of course, you know, the marquee uh, event there, my favorite uh, match that happens every year. Now, this is going to be t- it's touted as the largest, the biggest Royal Rumble match ever to happen. Yep. 50 individuals involved in this match. So that leaves a lot of room for surprises and returns. Definitely it does. Uh, I honestly, at this point, don't think that because it isn't a, a full pay-per-view, this is only being shown on the network. Yeah. This isn't a pay-per-view that you can buy for, you know, 79 or 69 or $89, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we're really going to see any big things happen. I don't think we're going to see like a Kenny Omega or, you know, a young box or, you know, yeah. any, anybody like that. I don't really think that we're going to, we're mainly going to see people probably like, Mark Henry, who is, you know, yep. just went into the Hall of Fame, retired, yep. come back for one more thing. Promotional posters have shown Rey Mysterio. Yep. They've shown the great Kali. Great Kali is pretty much a shoe, and I would think, especially with it being over in the Middle East. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to see people like that. It's people that have worked for the company before and just coming to do one off appearances. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and a good up- opportunity to use the. Uh, Jinder Mahal's guys are the, the Singh brothers, you know. Uh, oh, great, yeah. Great Kali, you know, really, I, I think, you know, 
WWE does have some Middle Eastern talent, a, a good, a great opportunity to, you know, showcase uh, them, especially over you know in the area that they're from. Definitely, and they would definitely be silly and dumb to not capitalize on that to, you know to your homegrown talent to kind of uh showcase them and give give them a chance to shine in front of their their home crowd essentially yeah. in your own backyard yeah very much so so excited to see you know what happened with that uh, you know there's definitely some chances i know you're not necessarily expecting too many big surprises i'm expecting maybe a couple at, at least maybe that we're not expecting whether it be maybe returning legends you know for brand new debuts right out of left field yeah, it's a, a little tough, but I think you yeah. know you're like your James Storms and and ones like this that have been kind of lurking around backstage. Great opportunities them if they can get uh, guys like him over there. Yeah, it definitely would be a great opportunity for guys oh. like that. Um, like you said, somebody way out of left field, a new new superstar coming to the roster. I don't yeah. think we're really going to see that. Yeah. But returning legends, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a Kevin Nash come out there and pull yeah. somebody over the top rope or something like that, yeah. right? A Shawn Michaels. Um, you know, the list could be huge and continue on forever. But mm-hmm. I, I do hope that maybe that they use like James Storm and that they bring in maybe Gunner and let Gunner, you know, come in and use these guys that have just been kind of in the back and in the shadows, not doing anything. I think it would be a very good opportunity for them to debut them on the WWE network that way. Yeah. I mean, Mike Canellis, Leo Rush, some of these ones that they haven't done to, like you mentioned, uh, Gunner, Chad, Lil, our very first ever guests that we've had the chance to interview when it comes to our pro wrestling podcast yep. slash radio show uh, originally. I mean, uh, to, to get a chance to see him and, you know, some of these guys that have been uh, kind of developing, you know, you have that whole NXT roster at your disposal too. You know, they could really, really pull out all the stops here and, uh, and do something really incredible. So that's what I'm hoping for. And I just hope that they don't uh, just go with the on-the-nose WWE lazy-ish approach. Yeah. All right. Well. So this Friday, we'll find out. <laughs> well, for, for sure, uh, it's going to be something that at least myself uh, and probably the majority of people out there will probably have to maybe watch the recordings. I believe it's going to happen Friday around noon Eastern yes. Standard Time. Yep, and you know even earlier for those of you on the West Coast. So it's um, you know obviously with the, the time zones, that's just something we got to deal with. Definitely. So I think a good uh, uh, topic uh, to kind of end off this week's episode. We have a little bit of time left here. Um, I think we'll go into a, a listener kind of a question slash, you know, idea suggestion that we had. Sure. And this has to do with masked wrestlers. Okay. And I don't think this is ever really a topic that we've, I don't think we've kind of hinted at it, but I don't think we've really, you know, discussed it at, at really kind of any length here. So we, we got about uh, 10 minutes or so. And um, I think we can kind of go through this a little bit because it's not necessarily a really an on-the-nose simple answer to, to give when it comes to this. Yeah, it as to really why isn't. a wrestler would wear a mask. Because there's a variety of different reasons. Uh, namely, obviously, to hide your identity. Yep. Right. Now, historically, some wrestlers have, you know, just kind of done a little bit. Others have gone to the, to the far extreme. Like... Uh, most recently, I guess probably the best example would be Pentagon Jr. Yep. You know, does uh, some work with Impact. As far as and his Lucha name, Underground. And Lucha Underground. Yes. And as far, going as far as his real identity, his real name, not even in public record. Yeah. That's how devoted some of these uh, wrestlers are to keeping the secrecy in the, in the business. 
Yeah, I mean, going back many years ago, I mean, it was something that was that was just done. I mean, yeah. if you got into the professional wrestling business, and I mean, most people by now understand that it's something that you you have to go and train for and yeah. stuff like that, right? And then you're given, you know, most of the time you're given your name, right? But if you're given a mask your entire world at that point changes. You are that mask. I mean, there are normally you will never see another wrestler wearing the same mask as somebody else has. Mm -hmm. So an example of that is Pentagon or Rey Mysterio or like a Sin Cara. Blue Demon. Or Blue Demon. Or Blue Demon Junior. Sorry. Tiger Mask. Tiger Mask. Yeah, like all of these different different ones. And if you're unsure, you go ahead and Google those names. Yeah. You'll be able to kind of see the masks that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have Blue Demon Junior wearing a Psychosis mask. Or you're not going to have Psychosis wearing a Rey Mysterio mask. Like it just, it doesn't happen. Because once you get that, that is your identity for life. Yeah, it's their persona. And, you know, others may come and go with that role. I know uh, some of those, uh, you know, that, that's been the case, but typically it's, you know, for that specific thing. And like you said, for these wrestlers, it's really, it, a good way, I think, to kind of put it is uh, to make like a comic book or a superhero reference. That's like Batman's outfit. That's like the Superman's S. Yeah. I mean, that that's your defining characteristic, your, your look, that immediately people see that and they go, okay, that's who that is. Exactly. That's exactly what happens. Right. And I mean, like, like these people take it on and they, they go even as far as outside. Mm-hmm. They are going to the restaurant or they are going to a, um, gro- going to get groceries or something like that. Yep. They are wearing their mask mm-hmm. because one if they have a tattoo or something that's on them, it's yeah. going to be recognizable, and then yeah. people are going to know what they look like. Exactly. Two, it's like a fame thing. You go out there, and you get popular yep. with the crowd and with the people, and then you're outside wearing your mask. That's popularity. It is. That's more exposure for you and your quote-unquote brand, Right. Now another um, thing with this too, and I, I think is a um, you know definitely a positive thing when it comes to this, and you know, in the progressing business isn't uh, alone in this, but uh, that allows you you know if you're really you know dedicated to, to that uh, the, the kayfabe and in uh, wearing your mask, mm-hmm. when you do take it off, then you ha- you have that luxury of you know as long as you you've done it correctly and for long enough that uh, when you go out in public without that on, you know you don't get constantly hounded. That's that's very true. Now, we've seen this in the in the, the music business, uh, and and namely one uh, group uh, called Daft Punk has almost kind of used this pro wrestling kind of approach yep. to you know they, they wear their masks. I mean, obviously they've been around for long enough now that there's been enough pictures of them taken you know without that on that uh, you know people knew who they are, but you know still you know for the majority of the the time when they're not in their character, AKA wearing their masks and, and outfits and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, they can kind of blend into the public and not get constantly hounded and bothered. Yes. So, you know, the, it, it has, you know, that, that positive effect for somebody who's maybe, you know, afraid of that limelight, you know, when they, when they're in their private life, you know, it, it serves that purpose as a, you know, just a protection for themselves. Definitely. Right. So it's something that's, um, you know, kind of come and gone. I'd say in, in the wrestling business, there's still some of it, but it's not as, as prevalent as it used to be. 
Yeah, it's also been used, you know, just occasionally for for storyline and a little gimmicky stuff, like with Hulk Hogan you know, coming in as Mister America wearing a mask, uh, CM yeah. Punk, some of these other guys have, have have done it just for little bits to do with storyline and stuff. But Juan um, Cena, yeah, Juan Cena, yep. yeah. <laughs> but you know, primarily, you know, originally in, uh, like I said, you know, today still used mainly for that purpose of uh you know of being your identifying characteristic as a wrestler yep but then also allowing you when you go into your private life without that on you know you have some kind of protection there from being bothered essentially so <laughs> that's right and i mean in north america really it isn't as prevalent no. anymore um but you get to mexico and it's it's very much so still prevalent very much yeah so it, it uh you know, it's something that uh, you see a little bit in Japan too. Yes, know, but uh, mainly in Mexico. So, so yeah, that, that that essentially kind of explains you know the whole purpose behind the mask. It's you know it's not just, um, you know, just to be just kind of used for no real purpose. It really did, you know, serve a purpose, a very specific purpose. You yep. know, kind of a dual purpose thing there. Definitely. All right, so I think that's a good way to end off your curl. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens with this greatest Royal Rumble. They really have a chance to do something really special over there. Uh, no women's stuff, but you know that's you know a whole other topic and controversy that we really need to hmm. delve into. Yeah. So um, I think we'll end off with um, tell us a little bit about uh, where we can uh, everybody can find us on social media. Definitely, we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can find us all by searching at JK Podcasts. That's with an S at the end. JK Podcasts on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram. We also do have a Patreon account out there that you can find us at JK JNK podcast as well. Um, we're not begging for anything, but we do have some cool little things that are over there that if you do want to become a subscriber and support us and what we do, we are more than happy to help you out and help us out and oblige with what we've got there for you. So go check out our Patreon account as well. There are links on all three of our social media accounts for the Patreon. So if you're unsure, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and then find our Patreon. Now, for the episode specifically, of course, you can find us on Podbean, the JNK Podcast. Also, if you are on Google Play, iTunes, or on YouTube, you can search up the Joe and Carl Podcast, and uh, you'll definitely find us there as well so whatever platform you choose we are essentially on there for your enjoyment and uh you can download away that's right and as of when you're hearing this uh our 60th episode we will actually be uh breaking our thousand download um barrier there so uh, awesome cool thing there uh over we got a couple more to go and then we'll be uh into the four digit uh numbers there so perfect uh, cool little milestone there for us All right, so uh, thanks for tuning in to the JNGA podcast, and we will see you guys on the next one. Ciao. This is the Top Gun Chase Brood, and you're listening to the JNGA podcast. This is ECW original, the enforcer, C.W. Anderson. I'm listening and always listen to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl, not only because I'm an Anderson, because these guys are extreme.